right, welcome to the first ever Box Out podcast. Uh, my name is Mark Trimboli, and with me today I have Abhinav Prakash. What's going on, Abs? Hey, I'm ready. You excited for this one? Absolutely. This has been uh, in the making for a couple months now. Here That's we go, it. right? Um, so quickly about myself is a former athlete, former entrepreneur, now lead performance coach at Box Out Performance. Uh, and the whole purpose of this podcast is we want to get as much education and content out there for people to understand how important mental development is in life, not yeah. only sports, right? So, um, yeah, that's what uh, we're here for today. So, I thought, you know, it's the first episode, we bring in the reason why we're here, the man <laughs> who started it. Thanks so much for having me, man. No, no problem, man. Tell us, uh, tell us about yourself, you know, let the audience know about apps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm a sports fanatic, uh, performance enthusiast, dreamer. <laughs> I have a million ideas that I'm always working on, but this is something that uh, I'm very, very passionate about. You know, I've dedicated uh, my life and uh, all my savings <laughs> into this uh, particular venture. Uh, it's important to me because, you know, our society, we, we talk so much about mental health and mental wellness and, and the importance of all these things. And yet what I found after so many years of being around it, you know, I used to work for the Toronto Raptors and uh, Maple Leaf Sports. And, um, you know, over there, these are people who are, their life, their uh, lives depend on being optimized and being the best version of themselves. And, uh, you know, I just see that there's an opportunity for all of us, like 99.9% of us, to be able to uh, use some of those things if we knew about them that could help us live a better quality of life. And so, although my role here is uh, president or CEO uh, or co-founder, you could call it whatever, really what I look at my role as is our, our partnerships lead. And, uh, you know, I actually work for everybody <laughs> on our team. <laughs> I work for them, they don't work for me. And, um, you know, what I'm really focused on is finding partnerships and finding uh, quality organizations and people that are aligned in, in the same things that we find important. That's awesome, man. And uh, yeah, like when, when I first met you, I, I noticed those things um, in you. You had that drive, you had that motivation, and it, it was key. And that was a big part of why I started to come here. Uh, growing up, man, like, what, what was your goals, your ambitions? Like, what did, you know? I, I know when you were a kid, this is, wasn't, you know, I want to do this. Yeah. yeah. So, like, what, what were the things growing up as, as a kid? Oh, man. It's, uh, <laughs> there's so many uh, different things that I thought about, and, you know, I'm very. Some people call me crazy when it comes to the, to the ideas. I think very outside of the box, and I think it's appropriate. Uh, part of why we named the company that. But growing up, you know, I was always thinking of like, you know, things kids think about, like being an astronaut, being a fireman, or you know, doing things that seem cool. Working for the CIA, like you see in all the movies, <laughs> right? To be a spy. Like, I never saw that course offering anywhere, but I would have gone into that if I, if I knew how to become a secret agent or a spy or something like that. Um, but as I grew older and, you know, especially after I moved to Canada uh, from India when I was seven years old, um, I really, really got obsessed with sports and started with hockey. And I'm a Leafs diehard, although I diehard less these days. <laughs> there was a lot of uh, pain that I endured uh, throughout the 2000s. But um, the Raptors, uh, definitely, I was a diehard fan and I, you know, it used to be a dream to, to want to work for those teams. And later in my life, that's something that I accomplished. Um, but yeah, growing up, anything I could do to be around sports. 
at one point I had told my mom, like, um, can I be the Swiffer person? You know, <laughs> you know the timeouts and the quarter ends, yeah, 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 yeah. quickly Swiffering, somebody falls on the floor. I was like, you know, that's a job that seems really fun. <laughs> You're writing the action, you don't have to pay for court size. They're paying you. <laughs> like, exactly. How much better could it get? So uh, anything like that uh, were things that I thought I would get involved in. And then obviously, as life starts to become more real and you start to think, how am I going to meet financial obligations and travel and do the things that are important to me? You can't do that without money. Swiffer is only going to take you so far. So, <laughs> so um, that's when I started to think about, you know, what are real careers? And being from a traditional Asian household, um, there was a couple options that were very obvious put in front of me, like lawyer, engineer, doctor. Um, and those are, they don't say that for fun, right? They say that because majority of people who fall into those careers end up having very stable, uh, you know, they have the things that they need and they can get the things that they want and they have a higher quality of life than people in potentially other careers. But um, for me, it just, it didn't speak to me. And um, burying my head in, in books for law or uh, cutting cutting things and seeing blood, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little squeak, squeamish. Um, so I realized after grade 11 dissections that biology wasn't for me. And then, um, you know, shortly afterwards, I realized that, you know, business is the business is the way forward. That's what I have to do. And the thing about business is at first it used to seem so complicated. Mm-hmm. Like what is business? How do you get into it? How do you start it? There's so many things you have to do. But once you like learn more and more and more, you realize it's actually the simplest thing ever. Business is as simple as finding a solution to problems that people face. Mm-hmm. If you can create a solution to that problem, you have a business. And then it's just about marketing it and growing it and that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I went on a little bit of a rant there, but uh, I found out kind of through a lot of different experiences that I had that uh, business was a way forward for me. And then if I could just find something that I was really passionate about, that I could put my you know, heart and soul behind, then, then I was dreaming. Because, you know, they say entrepreneurs are the crazy people that would rather work 90 hours a week for themselves rather than 40 hours a week for somebody else. And so, you know, I wanted to build something, uh, not just for myself, but for our community here. No, and, and that's awesome. And a lot of it, I remember when I first mentioned you were telling me that story, it's kind of like similar to, to myself, actually. Like, we, we, we were raised in a way, like, no fault to anybody, we are raised in a way, like, what's other people's expectations instead of our own expectations? And then we started going, like you said, your family wanted you to become a lawyer, a doctor, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you went your own path, like, no, I, I want to do this, right? Where the same thing with me was, you know, we have a family business, okay, that's what you're doing. You're going into construction, you're using your hands, you're, you're doing all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, I'm a young age, I'm like, okay. Like, I was 15, 14, actually younger, to be honest. Uh, I, I, summer vacations for me were going to the shop. At 10, 11 years old, I was going to the shop working, hard labor and stuff like that, right? Not the beach. And, 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 I, and as a kid, to be honest, I loved it because I didn't know better. I'm like, this is cool, right? Yeah. You see that stuff. So for me, it was like, okay, I'll, I'll do this. But then, like I said, as I got older, it was more like, no, but this is not for me. And then that's where, like, kind of like you were, I'm like, I want to do my own thing. Like, I, I don't want to be a follower in a sense, right? Like, I don't want to, I don't want people to kind of dictate my life. Mm-hmm. I want to dictate my own life. And, and kind of have the same passion as you would say to make a change and went my own route and here we are today um 
but yeah, no, that's a little bit on mine. I just wanted to share with you there. Um, so you were mentioning you're not a big fan of uh, dissection when you were in uh, high, high school, grade 11 and stuff like that. After high school, what, what's, uh, where'd you go to school again? Laurier? So yeah, you know, after high school, I had a decision to make. Do I stay at a, at a local school like a U of T Mississauga or do I go out of town? Uh, like a Wilfrid Laurier, Waterloo. Yeah. I had been accepted to uh, a couple of schools and I had the early acceptance, which kind of made me want to stop trying <laughs> in grade 12. Because I already knew I was, you know, set uh, at least to go somewhere, and uh, I decided to go to Laurier. Okay. It was uh, for two reasons. Number one, they have a very renowned business program, and something that I was, uh, you know, interested in pursuing. But beyond that, um, it was an opportunity to get away from home and, you know, really learn independence and learn uh, so many other things about, you know, building a life for yourself. So yeah, I ended up going to Laurier. Had four years there, one of the best times of my life, and. Uh, Following that, I got into the workforce. Mm -hmm. I, I worked as the uh, coordinator in financial services for Sobeys head office. I did that for a year, and uh, I'll just tell you up front, I'm not passionate about grocery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wake up in the morning thinking about private label coffee brands and saltine crackers. So I realized very quickly that wasn't for me. And um, then, you know, I just started doing everything I could in terms of networking and connecting with people to get into the sports industry. And, uh, you know, sometime after that, I got into Maple Leaf Sports, spent uh, a couple of years there until I realized, you know, I wasn't finished with, with my education yet. And once you get very comfortable, what happens is you kind of just want to continue with the way things are. But the more you do that, the less opportunity you have to go back to certain things. Like you don't want to go back to school when you're 40 years old. Or 35 years old. Like for me, it was like get all my schooling done as early as I can, so I can not only enjoy the rewards of that education, but also focus on bigger and better things yeah, in yeah. school when I'm older. So I ended up going back to Schulich and I did a MBA for one year before I started Doctor. Oh, okay, very nice. That's yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, Laurier, I, I didn't go to school there, but uh, I've seen the party scene there. Been to, been, been to all the parties yeah. in, in every location, London, everywhere. Like, so uh, yeah. yeah. But you know, as a joke, I always say to people, like, "Oh, you go to school? Well, UFT." Which UFT? And UFT. Which campus? And UFT. I always say as a joke is a University of Trimble because that's the, the company, right? Uh, so everyone right. loved that. But I've been to every location: York, you know, Blueberry Hill, all those kind of things. London, you know, yeah, yeah. London, and in Laurier. Laurier was known for uh, some good. good it was things. a traveling university. Yeah, now, right? it was known for a lot of good things. <laughs> but um, that that was one thing for me. Like my my plan was, uh, you know, I'll take a year off, you know, in high school, and then go to college, university. But then at a young age, I was making money, and I'm like, okay. Why would I want to do this? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean, right? right? So you get complacent. Yeah, right. And, and then it just, I, like you said, you mentioned, they're comfortable. And I was comfortable with what was happening, and I was uh, afraid at the same time to to make the change. Mm -hmm. So I didn't make the change, and uh, then it, then it was just like the the same routine over and over, which I didn't enjoy in a sense. And yeah. But I, but again, it's all these different emotions coming into play: fear, anxiety, all this kind of stuff. So yeah. it's like. All right, uh, time for a change. And finally, you know, I would say 15 years later, because I, I not only there, like I tried a couple of times to leave before I went to sport check. Um, I got into coaching, like other, like my nephew's team, like actually, like and stuff like that. And um, hockey, yeah, hockey and, and even baseball, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's just like I got to do something different. But then I always found my way back 
at the company. Um, and then, like I said, 15 years later, it took, and here we are today. You know, right. <laughs> things happen for a reason. I say this. I hope you don't regret it. <laughs> I, I definitely don't. I definitely don't. Not not one bit. And if people say like, "Oh, don't you want to like?" I'm like, no. <laughs> people still call me for Windows now, and I'm like, "Hey, listen, I don't do that anymore." I, I know a guy. Though. I'm like, I know a guy, <laughs> but if you're looking for me to do the measurements, no. Yeah. I, I know a guy, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I try to stay away from that as much as possible because, again, just to bring back the memories, I don't want that <laughs> at the end of the day, right? Because for me, as always, I always wanted to help others, mm-hmm. and as much as doing Windows and doors. That, that's not helping as, as I want to help. Mm-hmm. I want to help people evolve, grow, know, become the best versions of themselves in the sense. But we'll, we'll get more into that in future podcasts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man. What, like, um, what else can you tell me about the, yourself? And about myself? Well, I can tell you... You're, you're um, the guest today, so you got to share, uh, yeah. share your things. Yeah, this is your I'd time to, to shine. You know, I'm an avid traveler. And I give a lot of credit to my wife uh, for this as well, because even sometimes when I get too busy working or you know too invested in what I'm doing, she forces me to take a step back. And just like an example, I'm going to Vancouver tomorrow. <laughs> and we were just comfortable working. You know, we're back in our new office. But um, it's just one of those things where um, I really enjoy traveling. And I think traveling is important for everybody. And I'll tell you why, actually, um, at least from my perspective. Mm-hmm. First of all, it's uh, very, it takes courage to get outside of situations that you're comfortable with, right? Anybody can sit at home and continue to work and go to school and do the things that we're all doing, but it takes a lot of courage and, um, you know, I would say other intangibles to be able to step outside your comfort zone and go to new places, new environments, new settings, uh, and experiencing all that kind of stuff. And the second thing is how enriching that experience actually is like it's an education on its own you know like the same way people pay for university degrees and diplomas and uh, certificates traveling is like an unofficial degree because when you travel you learn so many things about uh, finance and industries and uh, what how other countries work what businesses actually to be honest I think travel is one of the things that inspires me most about business mm-hmm. Because here in Canada, like so many of us are living in a bubble. <laughs> many people that I know have never even traveled outside of Canada, mm-hmm. or sometimes even outside of Ontario, right? So, Un- some people think when they live in Woodbridge and go to Maple, it's, it's too far. They think it's a travel. <laughs> they yeah, think it's a travel. Right? They think it's an expedition to go from Thornhill to uh, to Markham. to Milton or something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, no, like oh, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of trip. <laughs> I don't have my four hundred seven transponder, <laughs> and you know. Like, I'm not sure, maybe next year, but um, like this is nothing. In Canada, we literally live in a bubble, and this is part of the reason I'm really grateful for my roots uh, as an immigrant, you know, coming to Canada in, in the mid-90s, but I've seen the complete opposite. Here in Canada, we have so much space. Like the simplest example, you're on the road, you leave one or two car lengths between you and the next car. In India, there would be six cars in that space. <laughs> right? They'll even be touching each other. They don't even mind if they get scratched because it's just too many people. In, in a country that's maybe one-third the size of Canada, they have one and a half billion people. And here, we have 30 million, maybe 35 million. So just taking the scale, right? Like 500 times more population in one-third the size. So the stuff that we're used to, 
is absolute luxury. Right? There's people what, in my travels, uh, I've been to uh, roughly 30 countries now, everywhere from uh, Cuba to Russia to Easter Island to Chile to India to, you know, almost every continent uh, I've been to so far, except Africa, Antarctica, and Australia. I haven't done those three yet. But, um, you know, you go there and you see extreme poverty. You see extreme riches. You see extreme, uh, the rainforest and culture, that stuff that people here might never even see except on the TV. So travel is something that's really important to me. Uh, outside of travel, um, just helping people and uh, you know being just trying to be a good person because I believe in karma also. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, there's been a few times where I did something that I didn't have to do in order to just to be generous, just to be kind, just because I hope somebody else would do the same for me. Yeah. And every time it it returns a favor. Like life has a way of like working out and things happen. So. Those are the things I'm most passionate about. I also love uh, video games, uh, particularly any sports game, FIFA, Madden, 2K, NHL, uh, and I get very, very competitive. Uh, I think you know this already. I, I was going to say, I <laughs> in our battles we have. I think you know this already. That's that's another thing I don't like to do is lose. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> and I can also debate. <laughs> if oh, you want to argue, you, you want to debate. You're the thing I would say. It's a part of your character. You're like a devil's advocate when it comes to certain <laughs> things. And I couldn't believe that. Like, they never really think. I was just like, you're doing this on purpose. I finally caught on. And like, okay, he does this purposely now sometimes. I, but, so, but sometimes you yeah, don't, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but sometimes I, you, you do a little bit. And I'm like, and I, and part of why I do that also is so my perspective can always evolve because yeah. if I challenge people, then either if they have a legit case, they can challenge me back yeah. and that changes my perspective or they'll fold, right? Mm -hmm. and, and they'll say, actually, no, what you're saying makes sense. So I, I, I see all of those opportunities and conversations as a learning opportunity even for myself. And I feel like if I didn't say the opposite or didn't say the other side, our conversation wouldn't go deep enough to get to the... The real truth of what we're trying to get to and, and, and to be honest i think that's where i learned from you was again i always like the big thing is like i, I respect people what they say their opinion but i i feel like stating your perspective in a sense and always having that debate in, in a good way in a healthy mm -hmm. way it just allows the people to see that in a different perspective themselves like but like you say if they don't have a good comeback and they're like okay then yeah you're right or if they do then they'll always try to convince you they're right in a sense where yeah. Where I remember you always say it's not about the convincing, it's about the educating, it's about the talking, it's about the just going back and forth in conversation, yeah. and learning from that. And I was like, I, I, I gotta give you credit on that one. I, I don't want to give you credit as much. <laughs> I, I gotta give you credit as much as possible on that one because you did help me with uh, with that with a lot of people too. So uh, I'll give you kudos where it's due. It's okay. Um, we, we all I have my I have my areas of opportunity too, and uh, <laughs> I don't want to. I'll get into it when you ask me to. But uh, I, I'm gonna start calling you after you just told me about your your traveling journey with them. I'm gonna call you start calling you Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that's great. So Australia is one of the ones. So I have that on you because I have been to Australia. So okay. I actually got family there, so I've been there a couple times. Don't motivate me, man. If that's one thing, that's definitely something you gotta you gotta go into. It's beautiful. It's, All right. It's so beautiful. We gotta do a box on trip over there. Let's do it. Next team retreat. <laughs> Next team retreat. So when when box out first started, when you first started box out, yeah. it was known more for the combine. Yeah. Right. Um, what made you or why did you want to transition into to mental development? It's, it's actually really funny you say that because I don't think about those days uh, too much anymore. Yeah. Um, but the same conversations we're having now, we used to have back in the day with our with our founding team and our management team. And um, it was 
how do we get people to care about their eyes and their brains and their characters and their personalities and their mindsets? It's like, how do you get them to care about it? It's not on TV. You don't see it anywhere. You, you don't hear about it. You don't read about it. Um, but what was sexy? Well, if you think about it, every year the NBA draft is televised. The NFL draft is televised. Every single person at least knows what a combine or a draft is. Mm -hmm. And in general, we found that when we were talking to youth athletes and people at the grassroots level, they had no clue about themselves. Because in our societies, we're not really taking those measurements. There's only a handful of people that are out there actually testing speed or strength or agility or vertical, which are important, mm -hmm. um, and nobody was doing it. And so that's, that's the first thing that we noticed. The second thing was on the mental side, Nobody was doing it. Nobody was even talking about it, right? So when we first started approaching people and saying, hey, you know, we can help you. Did you know performance is 90% mental? Most people don't even know that. To be honest, when you told me that, that I remember when I walked in for the first time and you said that. <laughs> it's, it's so counterintuitive to everything we've ever learned, right? Going through school, going through uh, even our parents, because they didn't know. Mm -hmm. But like our childhoods and everything, no one ever told us at any point as much as you focus on phys ed and working out and taking care of your body, you should focus nine times more on your mental side because that's how much of what you do, whether it's studying or working or playing a sport, that, that's how much of performance is mental. And so when we started telling people, it, it didn't resonate. People were like, okay, cool, very interesting, thanks. Uh, and then no, no follow through, uh, nothing going on because they didn't get it. Then when we started uh, first of all, we had to invest quite a bit of money to bring in really state-of-the-art technologies, really flashy stuff that would get people excited. And when we when we set up this whole system where, you know, uh, I think our, our tagline at the time was, be the pro. You know, the whole idea is, think about, have you ever been to a Raptors game or a Leafs game? Yeah. Right? How much is the average ticket? 300. 300. Okay, let's let's be even more conservative. Let's just say you're buying cheaper seats or whatever. Let's say it's 150. Okay. Okay. Now, for that 150 dollar ticket, you're going to a game. You're sitting down for three hours. You're spending on drinks and food and parking and who knows what other. Oh, and they, the, the one game cost you like 500 minimum. Exactly. Even <laughs> if you buy cheap. If you're buying cheap, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And and then all that time, you didn't get better. In fact, in that in that whole experience, although it would have been really fun, and I'll be the first to say. I'm a season C holder. Like, I love <laughs> going to games. But I don't go there to get better. I understand that this is an entertainment expense. This is not a development expense. Now, if you if you use that same 150 to 500 bucks, and instead of uh, watching somebody, watching the pros play, if you put that into your own experience where you could now test, you could do the same things that they do, you can use the same technologies that they use, you'll learn more about yourself. You'll get better. In the same amount of time and for less money, would that interest? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> right? absolutely. And yeah. that's that's kind of the value proposition that we started with. And the whole idea was, once we give somebody their combine report, then we can say, by the way, this is only ten percent. You should also learn about your vision and yeah. your cognitive and your decision making and your character and all that kind of stuff. Then it's more of a natural uh, introduction to the material after you've done a combine. Then just from knowing nothing, walking up to a complete stranger and trying to tell them about mental performance. You, you got their, you got their attention and you made the transition easier into the, to the mental side. Exactly. Yeah. And so when we started with the combines thing in 2016, 
we were one of the first. And there were actually, to be honest, there were others out there. And oftentimes there were uh, physio people or uh, therapists and they were, you know, they, they believed in methodology of testing and, and doing all that kind of stuff. So they were doing it, but they didn't have the technology that we did. Like we invested over six figures to getting the same things that the military uses or, you know, professional athletes and teams use and to make that accessible for everyday people. And one of my biggest uh, points of emphasis at the time was we want to eliminate barriers. You're not rich, no problem. You know, you don't go to a private school, no problem. You don't, uh, you can't go to a certain place because you don't drive, you need stuff from home, okay, no problem. Like whatever those situations were, um, we wanted to eliminate those barriers so that everybody could have access to this. And um, so yeah, we, we did the combines thing for like two years, we, we did uh, work with schools, with companies, with all sorts of people. And then what we realized is a lot of other people started getting into the combine space. They saw that we were having success with it and I think the demand for it grew a little more. And we, we started to realize that, you know, market was getting a little saturated and it wasn't our main, although we were using it as a stepping stone, the reason we did combines is not because we wanted to offer combines. The reason we offered combines is because we wanted to be a stepping stone into everything else. Want to get their foot in the door. Because they understood combines and we can introduce them to the rest from there. Uh, and then once we realized that, you know, a lot more people are doing combines, a lot more people understand it, we realized we didn't need to do it anymore. Because now the understanding is there. And now you can actually watch TSN or Sportsnet or something and you'll see documentaries about people talking about mental performance. Absolutely. Doing cognitive training and neuroscience and all the different kinds of things that people are talking about now. They weren't doing that four years ago. Well, e e e sorry, just no, even the other day, or the other day, sorry, maybe a month ago, when I sent you the thing on uh, Instagram, mm -hmm. with because you mentioned it previously, like, oh, you saw the combines, the NFL, NBA, were yeah. all doing, and there was the Kansas City Chiefs did a did a post about the weirdest question Patrick Mahomes got at the draft. Oh, yeah, and it was one of the questions that that we asked we, in our that, test that we offer at our assessment, yeah. and, and when I saw it, I'm like, you can slowly see that change. That, that they're going to show the importance because everyone knows the importance. Everyone knows like the mental health, mental development is, is so important. Yeah. And um, but it's just a lot of people out there are doing more talking than doing. Yeah. So I like what the, the direction though they're going in the right direction, leading with the, the athletes to get them all aware of it and stuff. But um, yeah, just seeing that, I was like, wow, like I can't believe like they actually announced this because before it was all it was all hidden talent. Exactly. All hidden, you know, for their professionalism, for their to get the advantage, so yeah. say, right? Yeah, and I think now, to be honest, with COVID, uh, with kind of this unexpected situation arising uh, in, the, in the start of this year, all the work that we had done in, in the years leading up to this was to make all of our services more accessible and remotely, uh, you know, available and things like that. And especially now, where people have to book times to get into the gym or <laughs> there's very limited options for them to do from a physical standpoint it's also taking a toll on them from a mental standpoint because of all the change and all the uncertainty and all the stress and the exhaustion of doing things differently so uh, from a mental standpoint it's never been more important and we feel like we're in a very good position now right the conversations that we're having with our clients Absolutely. every day people Absolutely. are getting it now yeah and I think this change is happening earlier than we anticipated because of this pandemic. It, 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 exactly, I was going to say, like, for, for most people, COVID, like, it, like, for us, too, at the same time, but it, it, for us, it was, we were more fortunate, in a sense, right, because, like you mentioned, more people were understanding, were coming to us, and, like you mentioned at the very beginning, that comfortable. Yeah. Everyone was comfortable with what they were doing before, now it's, like, adapting to everything, you know, 
dealing with the, the pressure, the anxiety, all this kind of stuff. You know, yep. some people lost their jobs. Um, but no, it, it was um, definitely the COVID. Like, it's unfortunate it's happening, but for us, people are starting to learn more because of the education. Yeah. So I, I, I like the way we went there with that. All right. So yeah. Um, Man, this has been a lot of fun. It we gotta is, do it again. It, it was huge. I know, I'm not gonna lie. This was uh, nerve wracking a little bit at the beginning, but uh, it, it transitioned well. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for coming, man. I know you're a busy guy, Mr. Worldwide. Actually, <laughs> leaving for another vacation. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what the point across we're trying to get is uh, for future is you know more education, more important information for these uh, individuals or everyone out there: parents, teachers, coaches, athletes, even doctors. I would say. Just to show them the, the mental side, mental development, what we do at Box Health. Like we didn't get that much into it, but yep. that's gonna be, you know, we can't can't show our hand all the Just the tip of the iceberg right? today. The little tip, exactly. Yeah. So I wanna thank you again for coming out. Appreciate it, man. No, absolutely. Anytime, anything I can do uh, to help, you know, I'm always gonna be here for you guys. Um, all I'll say is, you know, at Box Health, we, we don't care at all about selling you, uh, convincing you. Uh, you know, getting you to change what you're doing or, or doing anything differently. All we want to do is educate people, uh, providing uh, knowledge and experiences that we never had before so that everyone else can be more informed and, uh, you know, uh, better prepared to, to live a high quality life. And I can't wait to see, you know, uh, the, the future podcast. How many of these are we going to be doing? So we're going to be doing two, two a week and okay. then we're going to have um, guests like people like you know, former clients and even like ambassadors in a sense yeah right? as well as within the team that's gonna be great um yeah and everything's gonna be uploaded to our uh, youtube channel i bought some performance there on uh, youtube so um no it's, it's exciting it's something like i said we, we've been talking for a long time but finally you know put it to action beautiful yeah. let's keep it going man let's keep rocking and you, you, you did amazing as a host and uh, can't wait to see more episodes thank you thank you the audience for listening enjoyed everything and uh, take care